The following is a live copyrighted presentation. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time now for Radiolawtalk.com with your host, Frederick Penny, attorney at law. And now, Radiolawtalk.com. Welcome to another exciting day of the They Say Radio Law Talk. They say, they say, can you hear me, Fred? Fred, uh, Fred, uh, Fred, can you hear me? The I, they say, what's they say mean? <laughs> well, they say is the uh, the infamous, well, they did a study and they said when you're sitting around the family dinner table and somebody wants to sound like they know what they're talking about. So they refer to they. That's us, they. So I was uh, driving in today. Denise Dirks is not here. I was driving, uh, and our illustrious uh, producer, Cal, is here with me, Fred Penny, the host of Radio Law Talk. And I was cruising by, and I saw a guy holding the sign that says, Will work for cat food. And, you know, we're a little what, bit... What, 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 for cat food? Yeah, cat food. So I was a, we, were, we were short uh, a host, so I figured I'd pick this guy up, and his name was Todd, and he's sitting yeah. next to me, and, and so I, uh, you know, hey, he said, and the thing, he got in my car, he was a little dressed, a little ragged, but, you know, and his Ferrari keys dropped from his pocket, and he put them back in, and as we got here, he said he would just work for cat food. Why he works for cat food, I don't know. Well, Todd has kitty. I, I, I want to thank you, sir, for... for being compassionate and seeing me on the side of the road. Uh, uh, you know, it's been four days since I've been able to feed my cat Fluffy, and uh, and your generosity. Three, three Well, Fluffy pretty much ate the other two out of house and home, you know, so that's why she's so big, and, and your generosity has really helped me out there, Fred. Thank you very much. So thanks for joining us, Todd, on this program as my co-host oh, today. Dumb. It, it is dumb. It is dumb. Hey, it is May 11, 2019. We're excited to be here for for a lot of reasons, there's a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. I mean, there, there's always stuff. And, and we're going to have a whole Hollywood segment where we're going to talk about three things that are the most important things you're going to have all week. Forget all the politics. Again, this is when you're tired of politics radio, you tune in to Radio Law Talk. We're going to talk about Brooke Shields' eyebrows. We're going to talk about Johnny Depp and Conan O'Brien. And we're talking lawsuits with the eyebrows. Eyebrow uh, lawsuits. Uh, yeah, you know, look, look. For, for those of you that might be tuning in for the first time, I will say this. I listened to a, we had a little spot we did for last week's show and stuff. And we disdain politics talk so much that somehow we got off on it. And, and we actually opted to go to a very salacious topic about child abuse because that was better yeah. than talking about politics. So Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, but we're also so. going to talk about a couple other things. Uh, things. First of all, uh, a judge orders uh, uh, the, the the question is the judge a judge is ordering an unredacted Mueller report uh, in the Roger Stone case. We're going to touch on that really quickly. Yep. The Marriott timeshare lawsuit, Uber driver and Lyft driver lawsuits that are going on. There's a settlement, and it's it's in the millions. I mean, over a hundred million dollars. Well, and, and isn't Uber going public? They did go yes. public, well, and oh my, they they put a, <laughs> Cal's got the thumb down. Well, they tanked. I mean, they didn't tank, but they did. Sell we see did not meet expectations. The, the IPO didn't yeah. go as well That's as right. expected. Wasn't this, yeah, I yeah. mean, they still made a ton of dough, but, but it was it's still below. worth what? How many billions of dollars? Yeah. You know? But you know, Facebook did the same thing. Yeah. Face, Facebook didn't do all that great when it went in, and yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm well, sure that this lawsuit 
settling might help out. Uber has taken a loss every year it's been in existence for the past 10 years. That's yep. the perfect time to go public. That's exactly lose the public's right. money instead of your own. Yeah, there you go. we got to talk about El Chapo. Uh, El Chapo. El Chapo. Uh, speaking this of which, funny. Uber and El Chapo. We'll talk about El Chapo. Don't You better be nice because we don't want them knocking on our door. Well, you, you see. <laughs> All right, bartender, we're going to talk about it. Can you believe it? In Texas, a bartender is arrested for a misdemeanor for serving alcohol to the individual crazy guy that went off and shot eight people, but they arrested the bartender woman for allegedly uh, giving him alcohol when she shouldn't have. So that's we're going to talk about that, I, and, and tell me what you think out there. I, I get the intent behind the law, but we're going to talk about the practical application and how that presents a lot of problems. Yeah, okay, let's see. That person was drunk. You served, I ain't serving yeah. anybody because I don't want to go to jail. Right. Yeah. It's just like the case or no case we had from Alaska where it's against the law to be drunk in a bar. Right, because they want to keep crazy stuff that happens with alcohol down. So if you're drunk in a bar, you know, they see you're you're arrested right there. I mean, it's yeah. Let's get the alcohol thing figured out, shall okay, we? Okay, let's do that today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Look, radio law talk, solving all the world's problems one Saturday at a time. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Or if you just replay it on Or Sunday. you replay You know, look, if you want to have your world problem solved at midnight on a Monday, pick up the podcast. We'll, listen we'll to, take care listen of it. Listen to us or yeah. the Alien Show. It's your choice. Well, you know, the Alien shows Same solve thing. the out-of-world <laughs> problems. <laughs> we're talking about solving the world's Earth. Earth. <laughs> Remember, we're not giving legal advice. We're talking about general topics of law. Seek local counsel. Do not, and I repeat, do not go to your judge and say, Your Honor... Fred Penny said on Radio Law Talk that this is what we need to do. Actually, if you said that, the judge might say, well, I'll listen to Fred. But if you quote Todd Cunin, yeah, that's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. Don't quote us to your local <laughs> magistrate or judge yes. uh, because we are uh, more entertainment than everything else. So we like to have fun on the show. Also, don't quote us to your arresting officer. That would be an important thing, too. Don't don't, don't use us as a reference when the cuffs slip on. Yeah, Unless yeah. he listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. He might be a fan. Maybe. Yeah, could, could be. Could be. Uh, hey, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to welcome two more. Did you know, how many do we add? Like, I think there's about 14 or 14 to 15 new, uh, new ones. New affiliates. Last week alone, Today we have two wonderful affiliates, WGGH, and again, it's the 11th of May for those of you who are listening to this on our podcast, WGGH, 11.50 a.m. and 98.5 FM in Marion, Illinois. Let me tell you about Marion, Illinois really quick. It is beautiful. The fall colors of Miriam, Illinois, I looked it up and I studied these places that are picking us up. It is gorgeous. And they have what's called the Frontier League Baseball, called the Southern Illinois Miners Baseball. Todd, up your alley. Right up my alley. You know... I'm just going to tell you right now, normally we don't give dating advice, but the, in my opinion, the best... Whoa, whoa wait. The, Todd's going to give dating advice. Uh, Hold I'll, on. I'll, I'll tell you, you can't, you can't do much better than a, taking in a nice minor league ball game or for a date. You get, I mean, Think about it. You get about a three-hour game. It doesn't go too fast. It gives you a chance to sit there and talk to each other. and doesn't go too fast yeah. like your date? Well, yeah, well, it ensures that the date will last at least three hours, especially if, uh, yeah, well, especially if it's crowded and the game's good, she, she might not want to leave. And with any luck, you'll get to extra innings. Yes, yes. <laughs> although, no. although, you know, <laughs> let me tell you something. You could use baseball as a metaphor for my dating life. 
My lot in life is usually never to get a hit myself. It's to advance another runner who's already on base. <laughs> there you go, Todd. It's also three strikes and you're out. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. W-E-Z-S, 103.3 FM and 13.50 AM in Laconia, New Hampshire. I hope I say it right, Laconia, New Hampshire. It's the city of lakes. Gorgeous, all over oh, beautiful cool. city, right on lakes. So welcome, both of you. Thank you for joining us on Radio Law Talk. We do have a lot of fun here. Remember, if you want to call in, it's 855-LAW-RADIO or tweet us at Radio Law Talk. We will having we will be having case or no case coming up. That's where Todd and I, those of you who are first joining us, are going to try to uh, determine whether or not our illustrious producer's case that he throws at us is a real case, and if it's a real case, what the outcome is. And the winner of this receives... Last year, the winner received lemon bars from Donna, our producer's wife. And this year, it's very important. It's for famous spaghetti. Yes. So the winner is going to receive spaghetti. And since Denise Dirks is not here, she will fall behind. And this hour's case or no case is a double jeopardy points. You may put some points at risk because Todd's so far behind. Well, we <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. We don't want to call it a double jeopardy. We'll call it a double points. Uh, that, well, yes. I meant yeah. you may put your points at we'll just jeopardy. Let, uh, no, we'll call it double geopardy. Geopardy. Yeah. yeah double like geopardy <laughs> with our Parmesan cheese and, mar- and marina sauce. Well, I think we should go to break after that. We'll be right back. We'll talk about uh, case or no case next. Stay tuned. There's more Radio Law Talk coming up right here. All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. Not all law firms have extensive experience in all areas of the law. It's wise to look for firms that have knowledge and understanding in your particular area of concern. So go to ProLawFirms.com. They have listings of attorneys in key areas of practice, such as family law, estate planning, personal injury, bankruptcy, and so forth. When you're looking for a lawyer that has extensive experience in your particular area of need, go to ProLawFirms.com. That's ProLawFirms.com. ProLawFirms.com is not a law firm and does not endorse or recommend any specific law firm. Hi, I'm Frederick Penny of Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. I bet you're tired of hearing lawyer commercials. So just relax and listen to music for a few seconds.
When you or a family member has been injured, call 800-616-4LAW or see us at PennyAndAssociates.com. See, that wasn't so bad. Radio Law Talk. I like that show. This is Radio Law Talk. Welcome back with uh, Todd Cunin, our producer, uh, Cal Hunter, and myself, Frederick Penny. Uh, Cal, uh, roll the tape on Case or No Case. All right, here we go. Now it's time to play Case or No Case. Yay! Yes. Oh, okay. Wait, wait, wait. There we go. All right. Yeah, you can't uh, miss that. Got to make sure I get that. Do <laughs> your buttons right over there, someone. man. I got it. I got it. I got oh. it. All right. Now, uh oh. case or no case. Uh-oh. And I'm going to take you to Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, actually, more appropriately, Paisley Park, Minnesota. Is this music part of it? But did I did I mention that I drove my little red Corvette to, exactly. to, to work today? Exactly. Yeah. The home of the, oh. well, the now eternal resting place of the artist formerly known as Prince, really? who then was now Prince. I didn't know that. Yeah, yes. Paisley Park is in Minnesota. Okay. And uh, the artist Prince lived, rehearsed, recorded, wrote songs, and died. Well, you see, Rogers Nelson, a.k.a. Prince, uh, and his engineer, George Boxhill, a.k.a. George Boxhill, (laughs) (laughs) collaborated on a lot of music. Boxhill got writer's credits on a few songs, uh, and they did a lot of producing, engineering, even did some playing on some of the sessions. He was a pretty, uh, pretty good, talented guy. And after Prince died from a drug overdose, Boxhill decided to mix down some songs that he and Prince had worked on. And he said, I'm just going to release a mini album here. And the first song, uh, if people bought the little mini album, uh, the EP, I guess as they call it, uh, then you got the first song as a download, as a bonus. So you buy the EP and you get the first song as a download. Well, Prince's people got word of this. The people that, what do they call themselves, Paisley, Paisley. Paisley Park or whatever. And I'll tell you in a minute. Anyway, they said, wait, you signed an agreement that said all the songs you and Prince worked on together were his exclusive property. So they got an injunction and all the tapes and master files were returned to them. But Boxhill said, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. I may have signed such an agreement, but I also want 10% of the material. Prince isn't alive, and neither Prince nor his Paisley company officials signed the uh, countersigned the agreement. So I can do as I choose. Give me back the tapes. And so I ask you, case or no case? And I'm going to start. Uh, let's start with you, Todd. You might be uh, a fellow who could comment on this wisely. <laughs> uh, yeah, the first piece of misinformation of the day. Todd Uh-oh. Cunin could comment on something like I didn't say would. I yes, said yes, could. could, could. Right, uh, so, so let me get this straight here. Yeah. Um, so the deal is, uh, this this guy Boxster Baxter. The yeah, the engineer. The, so the engineer goes to release this stuff. Prince's people come back and say, No, no, no. You 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 sign an agreement that it was all Prince's. Right. You had and, you had to give everything back to us. You didn't do it. Now give it back. Well, he did. And but, then and then his statement is, Well, I signed it, but nobody else did. Right. So if, if I signed it, but Prince didn't sign it, you know, this is suspiciously reminding me of the uh, the Stormy Daniels thing where it's alleged that Trump never signed the, the agreement. And so does it apply if he never signed it and Ooh. stuff? Um, well, <clears throat> this is interesting. You know, I was a, I was a big Prince fan back in high school uh, because that was his heyday. Um, 
interesting note about Prince. He had his recording studio in his house, and he also had his house. I say house. It was a huge compound. His estate. Yes. yes. And he had it set up so where there were recording stations all over the house with instruments and stuff so that if he was walking down the hall and inspiration hit, he didn't have to go to a studio and try to cue it up. He could just, okay, there's a guitar, boom, hit record, and just start going. You know who else did that way back in the day? Yep. Les Paul. Oh, uh, the great guitar player with his wife Mary Ford. Yes, Mary Ford actually had a microphone hanging over the kitchen sink, so when she was doing the dishes, she could wash dishes and sing tracks along with Les Paul playing guitar. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was quite a deal. Anyway, okay, so yeah. getting back to case or no case, and I guess we're not going to be uh, jeopardizing anything. Because <laughs> I guess not, because I didn't ask you. Because so, we didn't ask it. Yeah. So I am going to say, um, this sounds very familiar. So my my. My wrestle here is whether or not this is based on a true story but not actually a case or if this is actually it because it's sounding very familiar. But what the heck, I'm down. I'm just going to say this is a case. Okay. And I am going to say that the engineer and the estate agree on some sort of settlement because it's so murky. Both sides had too much to lose in it, and they both stood to gain if they if they settled. And so I'm, I'm going to say that they reached some sort of monetary settlement. Okay, uh, fair enough. Mr. Penny, what say you? Case what? or no case, and if so, what was the outcome? What year was this, Cal? Uh, after you know? Prince died. I don't know. Let okay. me look and see if I have the year. I do not have the year okay. in my case summary. I'm sorry. Okay. So the issue here is whether or not the, uh, a non-countersigned contract is a valid contract. I'm going to say there's uh, the answer is it's, there's always an argument both both ways due to the fact you can have an oral contract. People think it has to be in writing. No, you can have an oral contract. You can show so, proof. So they yeah. can show if they show proof that even though it wasn't signed, they clearly had an agreement. And then a lot of times, what they're going to do, Cal, they're going to go back and look at what the actions were prior to the incident. Had he been had they had agreements before, even if it wasn't in writing, did they, is this how they paid before, et cetera, et cetera. Did but, they both follow the the right, oral agreement? Yeah. Right. right, right did they right, follow? Right, right. But I'm gonna say it is a case and due to the fact it was not signed, it is not a fully executed contract and they don't have evidence of the oral contract. And I say that Mr. George wins, but I think they probably did settle it out of court. Uh, but I would say I give George. So you're saying the Mr. George Boxhill, the producer slash editor guy, uh, comes comes out ahead in the case. Comes out ahead in the case. However it occurs, he comes out ahead. All right. Well, that's interesting. And I think I have enough time. We can actually, we have one minute, I believe. Yeah, we have about a minute left. So I can actually give you the answer to this, and I'm yep, going sorry. to. Okay. We're, because, we, I, we are waiting yeah, because with I, breath. I know you want to know, and I know there are folks uh, listening on the radio who go, I already know the answer to this. This is easy, <laughs> and maybe they're There's wrong, no too. no case. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For those of you who say it is uh, a case, brother. may I see? That would be Todd and Fred. Okay, oh, yeah. One we picked point, up one on Denise. One point for each of you. Yes. Now, for those of you who say that it was either a settlement out of court or that the engineer prevailed, that would be both of you. Okay. Wow. We're probably running out of time. Do you yeah, want to tell us? We are, tell we are us? running out of time, so I'm going to tell you the, the rationale behind the case. Come back. When we come when back. We come yeah, back. Yeah, because when we come back. What's, how much time do we have, Cal? Uh, we've about, got about 30 seconds. We've got about 15 well, what, seconds. What, one thing so. I can't say as we go out is, tragically, and this is be a PSA, Prince died because he was addicted to opioids. And he overdosed, and that is what has raised a really big awareness to opioids. So keep that in mind. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
All advertising for legal services on Radio Law Talk is strictly for the state or states in which the advertiser is licensed. For more information, go to radiolawtalk.com. If you're one of those independent people who wants your own business and you love food service, we just might have a great opportunity for you. Iceberg Drive-Ins. Iceberg is famous for its thick shakes and delicious food. We lend you our supply chain and expertise, and you can potentially have a thriving, successful, fun business that your customers will love. Iceberg Drive-Ins has some prime areas available right now, so if you're interested, get in touch with us right away. Go to icebergdrivein.com and click on the Contact Us button. Iceberg Drive-In. Ready to grow with you. Jason Ross back here with Fred Penny, managing attorney from Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers. Now, Fred, what type of cases are you dealing with now, and what sets you apart? Jason, we help people with all types of personal injury cases. We're former insurance company trial lawyers. We understand the other side, which gives us a distinct advantage over our competition. Remember, we don't get paid unless we win. That's Penny & Associates Injury Lawyers with locations throughout California. For a free consultation, go to pennylawyers.com or give them a call 1-800-616-4LAW. That's P-E-N-N-E-Y lawyers.com. This is Denise Dirks. We can represent clients in divorce, legal separation, child and spousal support, custody, termination of parental rights, step-parent adoptions, guardianships, and even conservatorship matters. Call 1-877-886-7186 for a consultation. The law offices of Denise L. Dirks provide family law services in Northern California. When the law affects your family, call 877-886-7186. The family of attorneys at Denise L. Dirks is here to help. The cost of getting rid of garbage is high, and recycling products is lucrative. If you're a business or know of a business that needs an individual compactor or baler, call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. If you already have an industrial compactor, baler, or shredder and need service, don't forget to call Northwest Compacting at 888-201-0911. Northwest Compacting, your full-service industrial compacting and baling company. Read more about them. Radio Law Talk. Now back to the show. So, Cal, give us the analysis of the Prince uh, and George uh, Box Hill. Yeah, George Box Hill was his engineer and producer, and they did some recording together. And Box Hill helped write a few songs, put in a few phrases. So we got 10% writer's credit on a few of the cuts and so on. So it was kind of a big deal for him. And after Prince died, he still had six songs they had worked on together that had not been mixed down and mastered and released. So he said, well, I'll just uh, take these songs and I'll make a little mini EP of these. I'll put it together. And, and if you buy the mini EP online, I will down let you download. This was back when downloading was a little more complicated than it is now. I'll let you download the first song as a, as a bonus. And so Prince's people said, no, you can't do that. You agreed that all of the tapes were ours. And, and in fact, here's your signature on a contract. He said, well, that's my signature, but where's Prince's signature? And oh, by the way, where's the signature of a representative from Paisley? They're not on there. Right. So it, everybody went to court. Well, the arbitration judge, because this would, they right. had an arbitration clause. So the arbitration judge ruled that even without a signature... The agreement was in place, and Bucks Hill had to pay. Uh, yeah, had, uh, I was wrong, but correct in right. my analysis. So you got a one and a zero. Each of you got one point. Bucks Hill had to pay back three million in actual damages, plus nine million. I'm sorry, plus nine hundred thousand in costs, meaning the attorneys the got lawyers. their money. Good for <laughs> right, the lawyers. Right. There you go. Right. Bucks Hill's lawyer appealed the arbitration and lost. 
and the Prince estate is still suing Box Hill for copyright and trademark infringement. And that, ladies and gentlemen, as we say, is case or no case. You know what? I, I was wrong on the outcome, but notice I'm patting myself on the back. My analysis was dead on saying just because it's not a fully executed contract, it can be if the evidence shows by oral stipulation or if you sit there and uh, the evidence shows that, that you acted that way. You know, I, I hear this case, and I the first thing that comes to mind is what kind of bad blood must exist between the Prince Estate and Box Hill? Because, I mean, let's look at it. The Prince Estate isn't hurting for money. No. I mean, that guy had more money than you know what to do with, and he's still getting it from the royalty. So he's got his money here. The estate has the money there. It seems like if they're really worried about the, the music... An agreement, ultimately, like of Box Hill after the uh, after the uh, lawsuit comes out after him and, and he loses, right? Right, right. It, it says, okay, you know what? I'll agree. I lost an appeal. I'll do this. Let's call it good. Give me my ten percent, even. And everything even, everything yeah. goes back. Let me have my ten percent, and and we're fine. And then you know everybody just kind of goes their own way, and they got their money. They're out there, whatever. But to keep sticking it to him and go after there's got to be some sort of bad blood going on there i will give you my opinion and again this is i mean i i believe this is simply an aggressive means michael jackson's done it frank sinatra's children have done this right. aggressively protecting the brand yeah to me yeah. that's what it is i mean there's no other rationale that i can see unless boxer was a real jerk but he wasn't he and prince were collaborators and, right. and creative mates so i i don't see I mean, where that would be yeah and i like the point that you made there because think about it everybody who likes prince's music sure he's the guy singing playing guitar piano i mean the guy was a musical genius oh, yeah, yeah. but you know you can be uh, as great as you want if you don't have somebody that can put it all together and make it sound good and all that nobody's going to listen to it this guy deserves a lot of credit if you don't have a great producer that's like a three-time nominee of the Emmy Awards but never a winner, you will never go anywhere. I was waiting for that. (laughs) And now back to the show. And now back to the show. (laughs) Hey, the House Judiciary votes to hold Barr in contempt. Okay, now we're going to talk about the Barr-Mueller thing and the House Judiciary. This is fun. This is interesting. Again, Radio Law Talk, we're politically neutral, but there's some interesting things to talk about, as lawyers, we talk about, again, we're talking generally, we're not giving legal opinion, but we're discussing this. Now, here's the interesting thing. So the House Judiciary Committee, which is made up of mainly Democrats. Right now, so yes. So it's, it's down the, the Republicans are saying, you don't need to do this. The Democrats are saying, we're doing it, and they have the vote, so they go ahead and basically find Mr. Barr, the, our Attorney General for the United States, in contempt of court by not showing up and bringing, bringing stuff, not showing up to to testify, and or they want some things revealed in the Mueller report. Now, here's the interesting thing. What they're saying is the House Judiciary Committee says, look, give it to us, unredacted, so we can review it, and ready for this? I don't know what you have in the sounds, but this is so, (laughs) there's got to be a sound for this. You get ready for this. We won't tell anybody. (laughs) 
that is not going to get because out. Because we can be trusted. Yes. Well, it's not just the Democrats or Republicans. It's an issue of, yeah, yeah, it's it's not going to get out. Yes. Of course it's going to get out. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. So, so he's saying, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not going to show up. They're saying, oh, you lied to us. We're going to get into those issues. Yeah. And, and then, so what what we talked about, was it last week or the week before? I think it was last week. What I said was, first, what can Congress do? What can the House Judiciary Committee do? Yes. There's a few things they can do. Number one, they can say, we're going to send our sergeant of arms down there, and he's going to arrest you. Okay. That's called inherent contempt, right? That's exactly right. Yes, yes. So, as they head down to the sergeant of arms, they're going to have to blast through all the FBI agents with big guns. That ain't going to happen. And mind you, that that protocol has not been used to go arrest somebody since the 1930s when somebody was held in inherent contempt and the sergeant of arms went and got them and placed them under arrest until they testified. Second thing is they will go, as the House Judiciary Committee or uh, a Congress will say, please enforce this. And who enforces it? The Department of Justice. The Attorney General's yes. office. And so Barr, I doubt, is going to enforce something against himself. Yes. And so that's another interesting thing that's going on. And, and the two avenues that they can use for that are either criminal contempt, you violated the law by not complying with Congress's subpoena, or uh, civil contempt. Either way, the Department of Justice is the arm of government. The AG's office is the arm that has to prosecute. They ain't going to prosecute themselves. That's exactly right. right. And so let's talk about this a little bit. The first thing is if you want to call in 855-LAW-RADIO, if you want to call in and comment. But the bar then goes to President Trump and says, I want you to assert the executive privilege, which now takes it at another level. Yep. So that happens. And, and, and here's the interesting thing that you have to understand, whether you're a Democrat, Republican, whether you love Trump, you hate Trump, whatever, there are certain things that need to be protected due to the fact that there is, there's people that might be harmed, there's ongoing litigation uh, or prosecutions that need to be uh, uh, certain things not need to be revealed. Cases still being investigated. There's yep, things sure. being uh-huh. investigated. There is the national security issue. There's people out there that that could be in trouble or be harmed due to the fact if, if some of this redacted stuff comes out. So what, what they can do is sometimes a judge will look at it and what's called in camera. So they'll look at it behind the scenes, and and, and we're going to get into that later because yep. we've got three real stories here Absolutely. to talk about. But but what's going on here is 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 there's going to be this fight between the Judiciary Committee and, quite frankly, let's call it, call it what it is, the Democrats, because the Republicans are saying this is ridiculous, we're not going to do it. All, all the votes for contempt and whatever have all gone along party lines, and the Republicans haven't voted in favor of it, and the Democrats have pretty right. much. Right. So. That's, that's, it's, it's going down party lines. And, of course, they, you know, they condemn it as a, as an attempted coup on the that's what the republicans are saying but here here's the interesting thing they do vote to hold bar in contempt but they're saying it's not going to be construed in any way of the attorney general violating a law or rules cuz according to the AGs and the republicans he's violating some laws and some rules that he should not be revealing this stuff including there's an issue with the grand jury. Absolutely. I mean, if, if we just go back, I know we're coming up on the break here, but I think I can get this. If we just go back a little bit, when Mueller give, gave his report to Barr, Barr made that summary, about a four-page summary, the four-page summary of a nearly 500-page report. And, uh, and, and 
the claim on the part of the Democrats is that, or the Judiciary Committee, is they want this to see if Barr's summary misled the public, misled everybody. Well, the problem is when uh, he released the summary and then later worked to release the report, the redacted version of the report, they actually worked with Mueller and members of the Mueller team to specify the redactions and why they were redacted. So it's like Mueller himself wanted things redacted and not to go forward because the law says that these things need to be uh, protected. So you, you got this thing here where Barr's like, okay, I could violate the law by being in contempt of your subpoena, or I could violate the law by turning over stuff that I'm not supposed to turn over. I'm going to opt to protect the report. And don't forget, there's a thing we discussed before. There was a lot of things that Barr did not redact that embarrassed the president. So as as if the Judiciary Committee, the, the Democrats are saying, this is all to protect Trump. If he was protecting Trump, he wouldn't have released all those embarrassing statements that President Trump had made. We need a theme song for fishing expedition, but I don't have a fishing song. Uh, all so. right, we'll be back. <laughs> we got a lot more to talk about. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, Roger Stone and the Barr uh, issue and Mueller report. to get back to Radio Law Talk on RadioLawTalk.com and on your favorite radio station. There's two things that'll never end in life. Number one, the Mueller report, and number two, Johnny Depp lawsuits. So That's right. we're going to continue on with the Mueller report and find out uh, what else is going on other than the House Judiciary voting, or really the Democrats voting to uh, find bar in contempt for... Uh, Defying the subpoena that they uh, sent to him. What else is going on? So, so the other thing that they're really upset with Barr about is when Barr testified before Congress. Not this most recent one where he showed up for one day of Senate hearings and then didn't come back the next day, and that really ticked everybody off. But this was previous. This is like around the fourth of April, I think. He was talking about his summary, and and a question. And, and you'll hear this a lot where people say, "Well, Barr lied to Congress," and they're saying that something happened in that meeting where they claimed that he lied, and and this is the alleged lie. Uh, So when he releases his summary that comes out, at the... uh at the Judiciary Committee, there, the allegation is that he was asked if anybody from, if he's ever made aware after the release of the summary, that anybody from the Mueller team or that Mueller was upset with the report, and he said no. And then after that, the Washington Post, I believe it was, released this uh, article saying that actually around the 24th, 25th of March, Mueller contacted uh, Barr and said, oh, i got problems with the report. That you or with the summary that you issued, those are the allegations. So they're trying to say, well, all right, you lied to Congress when you said that Mueller didn't have any issues with it. Well, you know, whether or not a lie or whether or not a statement constitutes a lie is often dependent upon the question and how it was phrased. So here is the back and forth between Barr and Congressman Christ. I'll read the question first, and then I will read his answer. So the question from Christ was, quote, Reports have emerged recently, 
General, that members of the Special House's team are frustrated at some level with the limited information included in your March 24th letter, that it does not adequately or accurately necessarily portray the report's findings. Do you know what they're referencing with that? Response, no, I don't. I think, I think, I suspect that they probably wanted more put out, but in my view, I was not interested in putting out summaries or trying to summarize because I think any summary, regardless of who prepares it, not only runs the risk of, you know, being under-inclusive or over-inclusive, but also would trigger a lot of discussion and analysis that really should await everything coming out at once. So I was interested in the summary of the report. So the question here that really needs to be raised is, did he lie in that response? You know, when Mueller called him, and Mueller has said this, what Mueller said was, I don't have any problems with the report. I don't have any problems. My problem is with how the media is misinterpreting it and going out. And then Mueller said, "Uh, maybe we can put out additional stuff. And he said, I don't want to do that. Well, If the question was that members of the special counsel's team, not the special counsel, the team are frustrated at some level, well, we don't know if when Bob Mueller called him, he said, you know, Bill down here doesn't like this, and -and so-and-so doesn't like this, and Bob, you know, he just raised this issue, and specifically answering the question, I think he's truthful if that's what happened. No, I don't know what their specifics are. They probably wanted more put out, and maybe I know that because that's what Bill said he wanted put out, but you're asking me about the team. Another thing is, though, Todd, that that it was the summary, and the question was, did it have a problem with the report that was, in other words, the portions of the report, not the summary? Mueller said he had a problem with the summary and the way it was being interpreted by the media. Yes. Well, how's that Barr's problem? How can Barr help how a a reporter interprets a summary? I mean, it's – now, now I want to – I just want to make sure that you didn't misspeak. Mueller didn't say he had a problem with the summary. Okay. He didn't have a problem with the summary. He had a problem with the misinterpretation. So his concern, by the media. By yeah, the media. So okay. His concern right. was basically, uh, Mr. Barr, can we release some more stuff to help clear up some of this misinformation? And, and Barr said, No, I'm not going to do that. Right. I'm not going to do that. So he didn't have a problem with what he released. Had a problem with the misinterpretation, and then uh, Barr refused to release anything additional at this time because he knew that the redacted report was going to be coming out in another week or so. Well, thanks for clarifying because it seems to me that all it is is another another run, a different approach at the same goal, which is will you please let us re- release everything on the report that we want released? Yeah, and 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 quite frankly, as we talked about going into the break. There's stuff that can't be – I mean, there are codes on the book that prohibit the release of that information. Mm -hmm. And if he does release it, he's in violation of federal law. Right. And so he's stuck here. Do I I comply with your subpoena? And so this is going to have to be litigated in the courts, obviously, to see whether or not the subpoena was valid – um, in that it was asking for stuff that was discoverable, that was releasable, and it's not. And I'm telling you, I think the courts are going to hold a lot of deference to the AG's office. I believe and so, And the too. presidential you know, uh, ability to uh, to protect secrets and, 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 and possible issues uh, of, of security now that the, they're worried about. He's got executive privilege. So. Now, the interesting thing here for me with all of this, and, and look, 
you know, I, I don't think anybody could accurately guess my political persuasion because I used to think I was pretty conservative till I moved to the state of Utah and I found out I was pretty liberal. That's you right. know, and yeah. then uh, yeah. and then I lived in Tennessee and then I found out that I was a liberal living in Utah because they're really conservative and and so um, so you know the one thing that I can't stand on either side of the aisle is it just hypocrisy bugs the tar out of me. It absolutely does. And in this case here, you've got Nadler and the Democrats are all talking about how the refusal to comply with the subpoena is creating a constitutional crisis. Hold on. I want you to tee this one up. This is very important that Todd's going to bring up this. This is important. Tee something up here like like drum roll, because this is really important that I haven't. Maybe it's been heard in radio, but I haven't heard it yet. Go ahead, Todd. So they say constitutional crisis, and yet Nadler... Back when the Republicans were in power and they were taking then AG Eric Holder to task for the fast and furious operation where the government was running guns to try to track them into South America and one of our agents got killed by a gun that was given to the cartels. By our, by our government. By our government, and the Oversight Committee subpoenaed the documentation, and Holder stonewalled him, wouldn't give it, and Nadler had no problem with that. It, it, it is almost an identical situation where the AG is refusing to comply with the subpoena, and the Democrats that are in power now saying it's a constitutional crisis had no problem with it back in 2018. 2008, 9, 10. And by the way, out of all of this uh, stuff that they're trying to get out of the Mueller report, did anybody die? No. Oh, okay. Just ask. I was just asking. Well, well, you know, yeah. it's interesting you say that. Nobody died, but anytime you release classified information oh, yeah. of ongoing investigations and things that those in the know designate as items of national security, you run the risk of that happening. I don't know what is in there and what could be compromised. But I do trust I do trust that those who know, like Bob Mueller, look, everybody says that whether you, whether you liked Mueller or not, whether you liked the Russian uh, investigation hoax or not, nearly everybody said Mueller's a stand-up guy. You know, he's diligent, he works hard, he was the FBI uh, director under Republicans, and, and you know, he's just a stand-up guy. And so I trust that if Mueller says, hey, there's something that shouldn't come out here, that we probably shouldn't let it out at this time. And that's not unusual. Think? That happens yeah. all the time. Yeah. That, it's just not It's not in a political situation. That happens all the time. But let's, let's really – we got one minute left. I'm going to really quick say – the judge demands. Okay, here, here's the situation we got that we're not going to have time to talk about is the political consultant uh, is Roger Stone of the yep. Republican Party and of uh, President Trump. He's being prosecuted for lying and other things, supposedly, you know, from the Mueller report. Now there's an issue of whether or not a judge is going to allow uh, some of the redacted portion of the Mueller report. To be read by the judge. So I was like the judge saying, well, Congress can't get it. I'm going to see if I I'm get it in my it. court. And so now, right now, the judge has ordered the Mueller report by the prosecutors. Hey, hey, I might throw this thing out unless you let me review it. So that's what's going on in the Roger Stone case. Uh, I wish we could talk more about that. That's another whole segment, but we don't have time. We'll be back with Hour 2. Thanks for joining us. I'm Frederick Penny with Todd Kunin and Cal Hunter. This is Radio Law Talk. Stay tuned. Hour number two is coming right up.
You have been listening to RadioLawTalk.com, a copyrighted presentation of Radio Law Talk Incorporated.